Christmas, happy holidays, and welcome to From the Sidelines. My name's Josh Duvall, and I'm here with Devin Davis and Noah Tyree. Today, we're talking some football. So, grab a blanket, throw on your PJs, get some hot cocoa, sit by the fire, and listen to some FTS. If you want to follow us on Twitter, follow us at the FTS Pod. If you want to follow us on Instagram, follow us at FTS Pod. Got any questions, comments, concerns, want to wish us a Merry Christmas or Happy Holidays, email us at theftspod at gmail.com. So guys, lot, lots of lots of footballs going on today. You got, you got college football, you got NFL. I mean, I'm sure there's some other leagues out there, Little League. You got Little League kids playing out there sometimes. So there's lots of football in the world right now, guys. So what are we going to talk about? Uh, preferably, I'd like to start with women's arena football. thought that would be a good idea to do. Okay, well, so what, okay, well, okay, don't tell me this. What's your favorite women's arena football team? Uh, there's honestly so many to choose that I need to go on Google and look them up. He's such so. a he's such a big fan that he he just <laughs> can't pick. He can't pick. You gotta you gotta check out the records. Look at the divisions. I, I mean, that's what I'm doing. I personally, I'm a big big fan of the Tampa Bay Duchesses. You know. Oh, I like, the, like I like the name play of the Buccaneers. It's really, really creative. Exactly. Yeah, I, I well, like it would be. I mean, I could have, I could have personally went with you know my Atlanta, my Atlanta scenery, and went with the Atlanta Archers. So I think we should do that. Not really. All right, we're gonna go to the college football playoff <laughs> like an actual American. Okay. So what? What? Tell, tell what, what are we talking now? What are we talking? College football. What? What do you got? I just want to hear your take on the playoff uh, picture, uh, the final four teams uh, to the Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State Invitational. So I would personally love to hear who you think is coming out on this. Well, I think it's interesting uh, that we've pretty much known the four teams that were going to be in the playoff for, what, the past five, six weeks ever since Notre, yeah. Dame, ever since Notre Dame beat Clemson when uh, Trevor Lawrence was out. We pretty much knew who the – four teams would be it got a little bit questionable when Ohio State had the had the games canceled due to COVID but they managed to finish with an undefeated season and I guess they just look good enough that they get in regardless of only having like what five wins so I mean I guess the committee got the job like they did their job they got the four best teams in my opinion uh, it wasn't really a fifth contender outside of maybe Cincinnati but when teams like Tulsa are taking them down to the final play not a good indication that you can hang with the Alabamas of the world so Based nope, on based on the playoff we were given, I mean, I think Alabama is just the safe, surefire bet, uh, pick to win. Uh, I think they'll destroy Notre Dame in the first game. I don't even think that'll be relatively competitive at all. Uh, but it's always interesting to see the two three uh, matchup. Uh, that'll be really interesting between Clemson and Ohio State. Uh, see just how good Ohio State actually is this year when they actually play against some competition. And now that Trevor Lawrence is back, uh, it'll be interesting to see if they can beat. Alabama in the championship game if they make it. I mean, Alabama's a lock. I mean, I don't. I'm I'm willing to get rid of every team in women's arena football if Notre Dame somehow wins this. That's how confident I am that Alabama's going to win this. Uh, <laughs> You're only giving up seven teams, so actually six of them. <laughs> giving up a whole league, so I am definitely I'm definitely confident that Alabama will win. The I, I mean, as far as Clemson, uh, Ohio State goes, you're right. I mean, this this will be a test for Ohio State. They haven't played a team quite to Clemson's uh, level yet this season, but I, I personally think Clemson's going to come out of that one too. Trevor Lawrence. So I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's just something about dudes who look like surfers playing quarterback that just get victories. You tell me you're jealous of that hair, that flow. 
He's got a good flow. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. He does have he does have quite the flow. This flow is goals. Yeah, usually I uh, I usually like to keep myself a big fan of Easter Island children because uh, he is a direct send off of those rocks. <laughs> <laughs> and but I'm tired of seeing Alabama and Clemson, but I know it's gonna be Alabama and Clemson. And yeah, I'm gonna have. Alabama, I mean, that's just, you're illogical or you're living on a prayer otherwise. It's just Alabama every year. Yeah, I mean, part of me wants some parity in college football. You know, maybe one of these years we finally get that group of five team that gets sneaks in and we can finally see what they're capable of against a team like Alabama or Clemson. So, I mean, I think one year before, if they ever expand to eight teams, that should be a priority. Just, just to shake it up, give those group of five teams a chance. And, you know, maybe they'll shock us. I would hope they shock us, because this is getting pretty redundant. It's, I'm, when it I look forward to the playoff, but I know who's going to be in the playoff. Like, I don't, <laughs> how can I cheer for the same thing every, what, six years? Seven years now? Pretty close, yeah. You're not wrong, yeah. It, it just, it gets redundant, and... I like Notre Dame in it, but I was like, well, if there's ever another team to make the playoff, I'm sure it'll be Notre Dame. Well, <laughs> I'm right. So, I, I don't know. I would love to see a group of five team. I was, I, I know, I know it's still from the SEC, but I was thrilled to think that Texas A&M might have made it, Cincinnati might have made it from the AAC. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know. But it just, that, that sounded thrilling to me, and we're not getting that. And instead, we're getting Easter Island. Nick Saban, Notre Dame, and a Buckeye. I pretty don't... pretty par for the course. So so you all you all agree that you think it's going to be Alabama and Clemson? I don't see why not unless unless Notre Dame does the unthinkable because they already beat Clemson and just beats Alabama too. That is true. Well, going going off that going off that, uh, who do you think would win between? Uh, you know, you said Nick Saban or uh, Easter Island. <laughs> uh, honestly, I couldn't give you a guess on that. I think I just, it'd, be, it'd be tough. It'd be a good game. For so, sure. so we're putting Trevor Lawrence and Nick Saban into a cage match. I'd pay to see it. I'll only do it if Dabo Sweeney is refereeing. <laughs> oh yeah, he'd make that a fair fight. Uh huh. I mean, yeah. you've, got, you've got an Easter Island rock versus a guy who had COVID twice. Yep. I mean, come on. Didn't miss a beat. Didn't miss a beat. I got, I'm going to have to go saving. Simply based off the interview he did with that field reporter a couple years ago where he's like, well, quit asking. I feel like he beat somebody up. So <laughs> he's, he's also like really short though, isn't he? Like five, 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 six. Never stopped Rey Mysterio. <laughs> yeah, but there's only there's only one Ray Mysterio. There's a ton of people like the Big Show. <laughs> I guess, you know what? That's fair. I no, I'm gonna have to give it Saban. I'm gonna have to give it Saban. So is that like is that like who you think's gonna win between Alabama and Clemson, or like the cage match? Both. Oh, okay. 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 <laughs> well, cage match. I'm I'm definitely going. I'm going Nick Saban. I mean, Ray Mysterio vibes from him. I mean, he's gonna be swinging around the ropes, and he's gonna be coming off the coming off the top of the ropes and ropes and just bringing down that Easter Island. Let me tell you. But um, as far as the game goes, I'm kind of leaning Clemson a little bit. Really, really. 
think, I think, I don't know. I got, I got, I got a feeling Trevor Lawrence is just going to play ridiculous and just, just finish his college career off with a, with a nice dub. You know what? That goes for Etienne too. So we're going to, we're going to try that again. No, what, what was... oh, wait, I thought Edian. No, ETN. Etienne. That's what I just said. You said Edian. Etienne. What did you say? You just said. We all know I can't pronounce names. I don't know why this is an issue. Edian. Etienne. There you go. Etienne. Okay, Etienne. I was saying Edian. That's just my southern. I'm going to call him E.T. If you, if we don't stop. Like, that's it. Oh, dude. I, dude's, I, I, he's, he's good. I mean, he, he's got power. Well, yeah, I know he's good. That's what I, he's not going to. He's been like historically good at Clemson. <laughs> like that's just the thing. And I don't see why he would let his career go out without another playoff win. And same for Lawrence. Same for the defense for that matter. I don't see it. You may have a point. You may have a point. Oh, thank you, buddy. I know. Yeah, it's Moochums. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you, what do you think, Devin? Uh, I, I mean, I think, I think the one thing you need in order to be Alabama is a prolific offense. So I think that Clemson has that, and they're very capable of putting up points that can compete with Mac Jones and Devontae Smith and Najee Harris, the insane skill position guys that Alabama has. And like you saw in the SEC championship game, Florida was able to stick around and make it close because they had that prolific, prolific offense that could match it. So I think the recipe's there. Um, but I I, I, th- I don't know that I can go against Alabama. They've looked pretty dominant this year, and I think they're pretty pretty far ahead on the defensive side of the ball. So I, I like I like I like the advantage on the defensive side of the ball for Bama. So give me give me Bama to win. Well, let's talk about some let's talk about some uh, some good looking bowl games here. We'll talk about a few here. Um, it's uh, first, we'll start out with January 1st game, uh, the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl, uh, Cincinnati and Georgia. Uh, definitely, I think this will be a great game to watch. Um, I can see either team winning, but what do, you, what do you guys' thoughts about the Peach Bowl? I feel like Cincinnati's offense is just too good for Georgia. Uh, Georgia looked like they really struggled at times in the year containing an offense, and Cincinnati's offense is insane, to say the least. Uh, I feel like they might have a chance of scoring maybe 35-plus points on them and embarrassing Georgia. But that's not to say Georgia wouldn't do the same, but I feel like Cincinnati has their number. I, I'm really looking forward to this game because it's a top-tier SEC team against the best group of five team. So I think it'll be a good litmus test uh, to see where uh, Cincinnati measures up in the ultimate uh, college football rankings. Because, I mean, the fact that they were behind teams like Iowa State, it's just kind of disrespectful, in my opinion. Uh, like, the two-loss Big 12 team, I don't know, give, put some more respect on Cincy's name. But with that being said, I really think um, Georgia found found their offense and really turned things around once they made uh, JT Daniels their starting quarterback. And they've, they've had a high-powered offense ever since they've made that transition uh, to Daniels at the helm. So, I didn't, and I, I watched the uh, Tulsa-Cincinnati um, AAC championship game, and I was a bit underwhelmed um, with the performance from Cincy, especially on the defensive side of the ball. So I'm not sure that they'll be able to contain 
Um, it's kind of the skill of the guys that Georgia has on the perimeter. So I think Georgia will win, but I'm looking forward to the game nonetheless. Yeah, I was kind of leaning Georgia too. Um, I don't know. Georgia's just always been a great team. I think Cincinnati definitely, I agree, has a great offense. I mean, they can throw the ball. They can run the ball. Like, never know what they're going to do. Um, so, I mean, I, I, I think it'll be a close one, but I, I do agree with Devin. I think I'm going to take Georgia on this one. Speaking of Georgia taking it, uh, I do have a question for you all because, you know, we're betters here. We're having a good time with our money. <laughs> uh, Georgia has opened as a 6.5-point neutral site favorite on Sportsline and William Hill. Do you think they cover? I think I'll take Cincinnati with the points. Really? I mean, I could see it being like a touchdown game. So the fact that the number is six and a half, I would want to buy the extra half point to get to seven. But I think I think the game will be relatively competitive. And given that scenario, I like taking the points. I agree. That, that was my argument exact. I feel like Cincinnati can keep this a game or not a game, a touchdown within the game. And I feel like they they definitely have, like I said, the offense to keep up with them. And yeah, I don't see why that would not even that I would possibly make that even a lock. But that's a that's a stretch for me. <laughs> and moving on from that bowl game to another bowl game, going to the Orange Bowl, Texas A and M versus North Carolina. What are we picking? Because I'm already picking A and M. Yeah, that's an easy A and M. I might, I might be alone then. I think I might be alone on this selection. Uh, only reason I'm doing that is because UNC has opt-outs. I've not heard of any opt-outs from Texas A&M, but UNC has a slew of opt-outs coming for Texas A&M. Hmm. I have not not heard that news, but it is entirely plausible. Yep. Uh, according to 24-7 Sports, uh, Michael, uh, senior running back Michael Carter, junior wideout Diami Brown, and linebacker Chaz Serrate, I hope I'm not butchering these, uh, will be opting out of the Orange Bowl. Uh, it doesn't say why. but Alright, well, uh, given that information, I will now be picking Texas A&M, because those are, <laughs> that's their best defensive player and their best player, yeah. I liked. You see, the reason the reason I had North Carolina picked is their prolific pass game was one of the best in the nation. And a lot of people focus on you know the numbers from Sam Howell, but they also had two of the best running backs in the nation, both a thousand yard rushers between uh, Michael Carter and Javante Williams. So despite the fact that Carter's sitting out the bowl game, they'll have Williams to step into that full time lead back role. So I don't expect there to be much drop off there, but I think the loss of Dye. Uh, Diami Brown on on the perimeter will really hurt, uh, especially given the fact that they rely heavily on their pass game and their defense is subpar to say the least. So I will now take Texas A&M. Yes. I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but they're also saying Javante Williams will be opting out of the game. <laughs> so okay, wow, okay. So it sounds like Texas A&M versus North Carolina's practice squad. Uh, yep. So <laughs> do it with the information as you will. <laughs> no yeah i mean i I just i just like texas a and i mean they have a lot of seniors i think they have a lot of good experience i mean good overall team i don't I'm, like like i mean i don't think it's i think it's a no-brainer i mean if unc is missing half their players are i mean they're good players i mean i, I think it's a no-brainer texas a and is gonna win well 
Well, exactly. Alright, well, moving on to another New Year's Day Bowl, we have the Goodyear Cotton Classic, pitting uh, number six, number six uh, Oklahoma against number seven Florida. Uh, so couple couple high powered offenses. Uh, Heisman frontrunner Kyle Trask in this game. What are you guys' thoughts on this matchup? Plus one thousand odds of Kyle Trask. Plus one thousand odds of Kyle Trask. That's all I'm doing. I I hope he throws for five hundred yards, four touchdowns, and runs in for another one. <laughs> and this this is the first time I've ever maybe even thought that Florida might get away because I don't like Spencer Rattler. He's extremely inconsistent, at least right now. He might progress as the years go, but I I don't think he's a little too young to be doing a good performance in such a high pro, high profile bowl game. Uh the offense itself of Florida is I feel like is gonna absolutely destroy Oklahoma's defense. They had trouble keeping down teams, especially like late in the game. I I don't I don't see a lot of competition. But at the same time, I can also see it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I kind of agree. I mean, I think I think Florida's going to win. I mean, I think they're off. Like, I completely agree with Noah. I mean, I just think their offense is completely overpowered compared to uh, Oklahoma's defense. And, I mean, it's Gator Nation looking like it. I mean, I think those, those Gators are about to chomp down on them. Yeah, I mean. The fact that you're pitting Florida's prolific offense against a Big 12 defense is not a not a good recipe for success for Oklahoma fans. And we saw we saw what Florida was able to do against Alabama's defense in the SEC title game. So I don't see that there's any any way that Oklahoma can contain Trask and Pitts, and Tony on the perimeter. So I think it's I think it's a pretty pretty convincing win for Florida actually. How many TDs and uh, how many TDs do you think Kyle Trask is gonna throw? Uh, give me four. <laughs> four. How many yards? Mm, ooh, that's such a good one. Maybe like 375, 380. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I, think, I think he's going to go off without a doubt. We'll say this in the defense of Oklahoma. Their offense is as equal. And Florida did just give up 52 points to Alabama, granted. But they did give up 52 points, and Devontae Smith had, like, I think, what, four touchdowns before half? Three? Something. Something ridiculous, yeah. Yeah, something ridiculous. So if they're going to be doing that, then uh, then maybe Oklahoma actually comes out on this. Because you can't be giving up 52 points to Oklahoma. You just can't. By the time the end of the third quarter comes and you're already a touchdown or two away, you're already going to be demoralized. So I don't. If they have the mindset to keep up with that, then they can do it. But I don't see that happening. And plus, they've won seven straight since a one and two start, so they have momentum on their side as well. Yeah, that's very that's very true as well. Yeah, so those are the those are the major New Year's Six bowl games we wanted to take a look at. We'll now transition into uh, the other sport of football that Josh was referencing at the beginning of the podcast: the National Football the Arena Football. Ah, yes, yeah, so oh, like, sorry, I spoiled it. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> didn't mean to, didn't mean to do that to you, Josh. It's my bad. <laughs> well, we've had we had uh, we had a fun week fifteen. Some uh, big upsets across the league. Um, so what 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 stood out to you guys over the past couple weeks in the NFL? Steelers, Buffalo, 
I mean, yeah, for me, it's Steelers. I mean, they lost to the Bengals. They lost to a Ryan Finley-led Bengals offense. Um, what? I mean, <laughs> that is literally third-string QB for the Bengals that's beating you. That is insane. I mean, there. I saw a stat that said Juju Smith-Schuster has more TikToks than, um, I think, uh, yards caught in, like, a game total, I think. It had, like, had, like 96 TikToks and like 95 yards at most in a game. So, Danny also wow. got rocked. He got absolutely rocked. So, <laughs> yeah, I was about rocked. to say. Every, uh, every Steelers fans, like every Steelers fan, their soul just left their body after that. And they just kind of came down to earth for a second. They were like, are we overrated? Are we overrated? And I think they, they were like, okay, maybe we are a little bit. We kind of came there, came down to earth. To uh, say uh, all of the FTS crew, I'm to my knowledge, uh, is are big fans of Von Bell as of last night. At least me. Uh, thank you for knocking Juju off the app. I hope he stays off, and I hope he stays off every logo in the whole league. And the next time it happens, somebody go for his ankle. I don't care. And but I will say, Steelers fans even got tired of it after a while. Uh, I saw uh, via comments on Instagram that he it was time for him to get his comeuppance, and I'm glad to see it happen. And the ex- there's no excuse to losing to Cincinnati. I don't care what the argument is. You can say that your defense was having a bad night. Uh, there's just no excuse to that. Yeah, I mean they've had, they've struggled on the defensive side of the ball with the like plethora of injuries they've suffered, namely Bud Dupree on the edge as the edge rusher but i mean when you're turning over the ball three times and giving cincinnati short fields in the first half like they should be lucky it was only 17 to 0 at halftime like they were not protecting the ball uh, big ben has been really immobile in the pocket and they were having to rely on just the short quick passing game i mean some people will say james connor's absence has been a problem but benny snell has been you know a serviceable replacement. He had what over five yards of carry last night uh, for the uh, for the Steelers against the Bengals. So I don't think that the run game has been the issue. I think uh, they've kind of suffered with Villanueva left tackle. His press pass protection has not been up to par, and that's forcing Big Ben to get the ball out a lot quicker. And they're just not able to put together the drives just, they need to put the yeah. points on the board. Yep. He just doesn't have the speed to get the ball out that quick. I mean, he's he's a pocket passer. He doesn't. He's one of the most like unmobile QBs, <laughs> there are, but um, yeah, I, I, their offense is their offense has a ton of weapons, ton of weapons. But I was about to say, Benny Snell finished with one seven, uh, one oh seven and a touchdown. That's not exactly bad in the league. <laughs> so, right. yeah, I, th- I, I think, it, I think it's just the passing game, really. Mm-hmm. Do you see them being knocked out of the playoff first round, or? Do you think they actually do something? Because they've clinched, they've clinched the playoff spot. Do you see them getting that? I mean, if you're losing to Ryan Finley, I, I don't know. Like, what makes me think you can beat a quarterback that actually has talent? Well, let's just, let's just see Ryan Finley's stat line last night. Uh, 7 to 13 for 89 yards and a touchdown, but no turnovers and 47 I, yards and a touchdown on the ground. I heard, still... I heard everything I needed to. You didn't even say 100 yards. I, I heard everything I needed to. And we're not acting, and this is also, we're not acting like this is Lamar Jackson running the ball every play, doing 
read option. Like, it's Ryan Finley. We're not, this man is not some world-class athlete. Like, tackle him. He, contain him. He's not, he's just shaking dudes out their boots. I, I don't know. It was really embarrassing, actually. Yeah. Giovanni Bernard had quite the game, too, so. Kudos to, kudos to Giovanni Bernard more than Ryan Finley. To me, personally. I don't know how this is going to go, but there is a chance that if Tennessee loses next week and Pittsburgh loses to Indianapolis, they drop to 11-4 and and Cleveland wins against the Jets, which they should, they are going to be tied for that, I think, second seed in the AFC or third, and there's a chance the Browns might win out the division. Very much, very much a possibility. And do you think that happens? Do you see that happening? I mean, it wouldn't surprise me one bit. I mean, the Browns have been really solid all season on both sides of the ball, actually. Uh, they had those bad weather games uh, a couple weeks in a row that kind of, you know, uh, dampened the numbers. But if you exclude those poor, poor weather games, their offense has been up there, one of the best in the leagues. Uh, so, I, I mean, I think it's definitely... Definitely a likely possibility. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. And, you know, especially the past, you know, like four, four, three or four games, Baker Mayfield has finally been yes. showing right. showing, showing what everybody expected from him. You know, he, like, there was that, thing, what, that, that game against Tennessee through like four touchdowns. I mean, he's finally coming into coming into play here and. Really, really, really coming into his own. So, I mean, I, I I wouldn't be surprised, you know. I wouldn't be surprised seeing the Browns at that two seed. Well, speaking of Buffalo, I thought we should share some thoughts. I actually think they might have a chance for the AFC title game. Maybe not the Super Bowl, but their offense is absolutely astounding. Their defense is almost up to par with their offense. Now, there's a few more holes in the defense and offense. Uh, Josh Allen, MBB caliber quarterback. Uh, I truly, Stephon Diggs playing out of his mind. Uh, I, what do you all think of Buffalo? I think they have a chance for a title game. Yeah, I mean, I believe it. I mean, Josh Allen's been top QB this year. Stephon Diggs has definitely been a top wide receiver. And I mean, they're like you said, they have plenty of offensive weapons. I do, you know, wonder about their defense a little bit. I think their defense is lacking, but the past two. I think like the past two games, their defense didn't their defense like score a touchdown like both games. So I mean that's 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 a little bit of upside, you know, going into the playoffs. You know, I I think that gives them a little bit of momentum. So I, I could definitely see it. Yeah, I, I mean, the thing that really impressed me about the Bills in that Pittsburgh game, they didn't even have a good they didn't have a good offensive first half, and somehow they went into the locker room with a lead. They got the defensive touchdown. Um, and they never looked back after halftime, and they made some great adjustments, and Josh Allen was slinging the ball everywhere. And then the following week, they had the letdown spot against the uh, Broncos, and they showed up and had another dominant performance on uh, last Saturday. So, I mean, they've shown us nothing but capable performances on offense, and, I mean, with guys like uh, Jordan Poirier and uh, Tredavious White in the secondary, I mean, there's some there's some potential on the defensive side of the ball as well, so... I definitely like what they're doing up in Buffalo. And moving from the AFC to the NFC. Right now, Green Bay, New Orleans, and Seattle have all clinched the playoff spot. And uh, I just, uh, who do you think comes out of the NFC? 
I mean, I think I think the the seven teams are pretty well defined in the NFC. Uh, I would be surprised to see the Bears get in uh, as a wild card over a team like the Cardinals, but uh, Cardinals have some uh, NFC West games coming up that uh, might prove to be difficult. So it's not it's not it's not a guarantee, but I would I would think that the Cardinals would get that seven seed and and then the only other thing to really look at is the uh, NFC East and like. As we've discussed, yikes! Look at the NFC East. My eyes. Speaking of the NFC East, Washington can clinch the NFC East division title if Washington wins and New York loses. Yeah, I mean, the the football team is the football team is in the driver's seat for the NFC East, and I think it will ultimately come down to that Week 17 game against the Eagles. Um, I know the NFL moved up the kickoff time. Uh, for the Eagles game, I believe, um, so that they wouldn't know the result of the... Or they moved up the kickoff time for the Panthers game, uh, Panthers-Washington uh, game, um, so to keep... So the result wouldn't be known yet. So I think that's a smart move by the league and really really proves that uh, nobody knows what's going to happen in the NFC East these last two weeks. Yeah, so what do you guys think about the Super Bowl? Who, what team do you think is coming out of the NFC what team do you think is coming out of the AFC? Who do you think is going to win? Some, some slightly early predictions, but what, what do you think? I mean, I think you have to be insane to pick anyone but the Chiefs out of the AFC at this point. Uh, they've not shown any signs of stopping, and they've just been dominant this entire regular season. So, I mean, I'm going to take the Chiefs because it's just the smart play, I think. And then out of the NFC, um, I, I feel like there's – there's, there's not a clear team. Um, teams like the Packers and Saints, even the Seahawks, have shown some holes and that they're pretty susceptible on any given day. Um, so ultimately, I think I'll end up going with the Packers, but wouldn't surprise me. wouldn't surprise me if a team like even like the Bucks made it. So uh, there's, there, that'll be an interesting playoff, definitely. But uh, I'll take the Packers, but I'm not confident. Yeah. What you got, Noah? I don't know. I'm, I'm logically, I agree with Devin in the AFC. Kansas City's going to be there. They're the, they're too good. I'm, Buffalo may give them a run for their money in the title game. That may happen, but Kansas City just is too well coached by Andy Reid, and their offensive coordinator doesn't get nearly enough credit as they should. I can't think of the name right now. Uh, the only thing I could even think of that might be a hole is their defense is a little inconsistent at times, a little. And that's just the only thing I can think of. And as far as the NFC, there's just too many variables. Like, I feel like Washington's defense is extremely underrated. They might even carry them through an upset win, the defense alone. Uh, Seattle at times shows like a lot of a lot of light towards it. If Drew Brees can stay healthy, New Orleans' offense is up there as well. Their defense is stout, extremely stout. But Green Bay, honestly, I'd have to say Green Bay. Like, But, of course, playoff Tom is around the corner. We all know what playoff Tom does, and that's just atrocious in itself. I don't know. The fan in me wants to see Washington do something, like be the like last year's Titans where nobody really thought of them and just like surprise everybody. But 
logically, it's probably going to be Green Bay or maybe New Orleans. Yeah, I think I think the NFC is kind of harder to gauge than the AFC. I think AFC is a lock. I mean, it's the Chiefs. I mean, I, I they're they're probably going to go back to back. But uh, the NFC, I, I I feel pretty good about the Packers. I mean, I, I I'm a fan of the Packers, so it might be a little biased. But I mean, I think you know the Adams has been going good. Aaron Rodgers has been putting up Aaron Rodgers numbers, and I mean, they're uh, lately they're I mean their defense isn't great, but lately their pass rush has been like very very good. I mean, I think like the past few games. I mean, I, I don't know how many sacks they've had, but. Uh, Getting, they've gotten so many sacks. So, I mean, coming off that defensive momentum, if they can take that into the playoffs and just keep feeding off that in these past few games, I mean, I think I think it's going to be the Packers out of the NFC. Yeah, well, I think I think that pretty much does it for uh, our discussion on the NFL playoffs. It'll be uh, interesting to see how these final two weeks of the season play out and if there's any major changes in the playoff picture. Feel free to go ahead and follow us on Instagram at FTSPod, and on Twitter at the FTSPod, and feel free to send us your NFL playoff predictions to the FTSPod at gmail.com. Bye, have a great time. Happy holidays.